Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Character Fight Night! Where we pit the most styling, profiling characters of all time against each other in stipulation-style matches to discuss and determine which characters reign supreme. Who gets the win and how? Let's talk about it! Hello again and welcome to another episode of Character Fight Night where your favorite fictional characters go head-to-head and beat the crap out of each other. Uh, I am Josh and this month I'm joined by another trio of guests, two of which have already been on the show once before and I guess they liked it enough that they came back for a, uh, a second helping. Woo! Woo! Technically, this is my third time. Technically, you're right, but the episode you're speaking of doesn't exist, so... True. (laughs) Not canon. It's not canon. It's not canon. (laughs) Uh, So, yes. So, Faith, back again from uh, the Madoka... Let me see if I can remember. Madoka and Sailor Moon? Is that right? Yep. That was right. Yep. Back from uh, episode... uh, one, I believe, like yeah. officially, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, alongside Faith, we have Carson back for more oh. from episode two, right? Episode two, with uh, I believe so. Killer, Did, uh, I don't remember your fight <laughs> at all. No, it's all right. It was it was a uh, it was the mask versus Beetlejuice. Ah, that's right. Insanity versus that, lunacy. Yeah, yeah. It was like kind of inconclusive. <laughs> It was wasn't it? Uh, Beetlejuice would get bored and go home. Wasn't that kind of the? Yeah, I think that's what we decided. Yeah. You just quit. <laughs> then I listened to a, a more recent episode where you did like Daffy Duck versus Donald Duck, and I'm like, it's a pretty similar thing because they all just kind of have cartoon powers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then uh, newcomer to the show, Dane. Dane, welcome. Glad Hello. to have. Hello. Thank you for having. Of course. Glad you. Glad you could make it. And. Uh, We've got an interesting show this month, everybody, because every fight tonight has at least one character from Avatar The Last Airbender. So I've noticed the greatest show in history. Uh, The best show in the world! (laughs) So we have, uh, rightfully so, named this episode Avatar Fight Night. And here's hoping that all of the Avatar characters come out on top, I guess. Yeah. Unless you like other shows more than the characters. <laughs> Boo. Boo other shows. Boo other shows. <laughs> Boo. So I guess if you don't like Avatar, you should probably stop listening. <laughs> if you like other shows, you or, should probably stop listening. Or... Just cheer for the other people because they're not going to be from Avatar. <laughs> so I'm very excited about this. Uh, I tried to make it through. So Carson and I had a uh, had a goal that both of us failed to reach. Um, <laughs> my my goal was to watch Avatar: The Last Airbender and make it through um, because we have a couple characters that come later on in the the series, and I didn't make it that far. So I'm going to go off of what I've read and like researched. 
And Carson's goal was to watch Demon Slayer, which also, I mean, you, you've met the character, so you know. I, I just haven't seen like, him do, do anything, like, accomplish much. <laughs> That's the problem, is that, like, I'm going into this, and what I've seen of him still very much in his early stages, yeah. like, becoming whatever it is that he becomes. And, Dane, you're right there with us, right? Kind of? Yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> so faith faith like i said we all know avatar like i said before we, we started recording uh this episode is on faith's shoulders she is gonna uh, so much pressure she's gonna make or break it <laughs> no nope. queen no pressure so without further ado uh our announcer the uh the angelic voice known as Mr. Metatron is standing by. Let's not keep him waiting anymore. Let's uh let's get these fight get fights going. Let's get to the first fight. Well, hey, thanks, Josh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Character Fight Night. This is your favorite ring announcer, Mr. Metatron, Wade Hunt. Welcome to Avatar Fight Night. The following contest is fight number one. Introducing first, from the manga, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba. Representing the Demon Slayer Corps. Accompanied to the ring by his younger sister, Nezuko. He is the King of Demons, Tanjiro Kamado. And their opponent, representing Southern Water Tribe, accompanied to the ring by her older brother, Sokka. She is Water Bending Master, Kutsara. So my fight is going to be fight number one, and I decided to do something that I thought would be a cool fight. And now that I've done a little bit of research, I feel like it's not much of a fight at all. And I will uh, I will expand on that here in a moment. So I have uh, Tanjiro from Demon Slayer, the anime, versus Katara, the waterbender from Avatar, The Last Airbender. And... I first thought, like, okay, this is going to be cool because they both do water-type stuff. Um, Tanjiro does his, like, water... Um, oh, crap. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Uh, water-type or... It's like the water form, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, because he, he he yells, like, water form, like, in numbers. I guess oh, the number... it's breathing technique. It's the breathing techniques. Yes. Yes. You're right. Um, and, uh, Katara literally just bends water and any form of water. So I'll get into that right now. So Katara, I think she's a, a, a worthy opponent. Um, obviously she can bend water with that. She can also bend, um, ice and snow, obviously, because they're made out of water. Um, but I learned 
Unfortunately, I didn't make it this far, but it's cool. She has bloodbending as well, which I thought was really rad, which is basically yeah. controlling someone's muscles and making them move. Um, but I did see uh, on the opposite side of that, that bloodbending affects her like mentally. And so it's kind of like, a good move but it has it it has a big risk um now obviously you guys have all seen avatar uh am i in the ballpark uh kind of so basically kind of her thing it's not so much that it affects her mentally it's that it's a uh kind of up thing to do <laughs> to yeah, yeah. She's too good of a person. Um, okay. And she okay. doesn't want to do that to people. Um, that doesn't mean that she hasn't. Um, uh, the other, only other thing with that, though, is that she can only bloodbend on a full moon because that's when her waterbending is the strongest. Okay. All right. So, um, with that being said, thank you for that because that actually makes my decision easier. Um, on the other hand, we have... Uh, Tanjiro, and I know I'm probably missing some Katara stuff, so I'll let you guys add those in uh, when we go around the uh, the proverbial room uh, here. We'll remind you. <laughs> <laughs> you probably won't remind me. You're gonna you're gonna teach me. <laughs> we will teach you a lesson. <laughs> We're gonna you, Josh. So, um, yeah, Josh. Uh, Tanjiro, he is a a slayer of demons, obviously, because he is the a trademark of the show demon slayer um he has uh, extensive sword uh swordsmanship he's got uh tactical wit superhuman sense of smell he's got a devastating headbutt which i thought was funny i didn't i don't remember hearing this in the show but one of his aliases is actually mr forehead which i thought was pretty funny <laughs> oh. not just referring to his birthmark or whatever that is yes, it's I think it's a Slayer mark. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen it, but um, he's got an extremely hard head and it allows him to headbutt. And I won't go into the uh, ultimate demon form, which is basically just like completely unfair, I think. Um, but he does have the breathing styles that, you know, Faith, you and I were talking about that he can kind of like conjure water with his sword and do cool stuff like that with it. And I just think that with, I think Tanjiro is going to beat Katara. Sorry. Potentially unpopular opinion. <laughs> Potentially <laughs> unpopular opinion. Let's hear your reason. I want to I wanna hear your reasoning for this. I'm interested. I, I think that with the, um, it's probably unfair, but I mean, he has um, his headbutt. He's got his swords. He's got his water. I think, I know that, Katara can bend his water away. So that might be, you know, we've had decisions where after everybody's given their thoughts, people have, you know, gone to the dark side or gone to the other side. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm excited to see if you guys uh, can persuade me, but I just think that the types of enemies, uh, faith, you've seen demon slayer, right? Yes. So the types of demons that he goes up against are just like, they're, supernatural they're superhuman they're they have all different kinds of uh abilities and and stuff like that and i think i just think the caliber of people like the caliber of enemies that he goes up against 
is going to give him the edge. Because remember, this is a fight that they, it is a predetermined fight. It's not, they just meet on the street and fight. So he does have time to prepare. Um, he has time to get training and all that stuff, as well as Katara has time as well. Um, and then I'm going to bring in the fact that Nezuko and Sokka are on the side of the ring as well. Um, Nesco's just frightening as a demon. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if the ref is distracted or something, she can do some damage. You know, she, she loves her brother and they're the, I think you've gotten this far, Carson. They're the only thing. They're the only people they have left because everybody else was slaughtered. And so episode one. Yeah. Good. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> um, like I said, it's been a while. Fair enough. I'd say just don't worry about spoiler. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's all fair game. I mean, if anything, I, I don't remember a ton about it. I probably need to go back and watch it. Cause I did enjoy it, but um, it's, there's not much to spoil. I don't think that I, I know of, but I think that, you know, they're just bloodthirsty. And I think Katara is, is good but i think you guys are gonna throw in and i'm gonna be surprised so like i said as of right now i'm sticking to my guns i'm going tanjiro on this one uh dane you're the newcomer let's uh let's hear your uh let's hear your thoughts uh well i got a quick question about uh tanjiro with his uh hard-headedness is that is that pretty reflective of uh his personality like when he's fighting demons is he just charging them at first um not not especially i mean faith help me out here um, yeah he's uh it's actually an interesting fight in the sense that there are uh tanjiro and katara are both really good at adapting to the environment that they're yeah. given um and like analyzing and thinking through what their moves are going to be um neither of them are the rush into a situation and deal with the consequences later type most of the time um they i mean they've both had their moments but yeah who hasn't but for the most part when they're in a fight they're they're really in their fight they're really thoughtful about their next move and what that effect is going to happen and so i think in that aspect that's what makes is going to make this kind of an interesting fight, but I will throw it back to Dane. One, one note before it gets back to Dane, I'm going to intercept that and uh, just say that (laughs) you have to think about what, um, like the caliber of enemies that, you know, uh, Tanjiro is, um, is facing. So if he basically, he is fighting demons and it's life or death, not that Katara is not, but it's just, when you look at the, the, environments of the of the cartoons uh, demon slayer is obviously a darker more graphic thing and so it's obviously sure, sure. i i weighed that yeah, up in my decision as well more field. i got you yeah. uh now second question this arena that's biased like is the only water what they have brought with them for tendril i mean for either of them like is there water oh. in the environment because you know katara is uh, a lot of her power comes from just how much water is around that she's so, like she can make, you know, tidal waves if she has the amount of water for it. Right. So Tanjiro, or sorry, so Character Fight Night takes place in, think of it like just in a, a big arena, like the Pepsi Center or something like that. 
Gotcha, so gotcha. there is, you know, there yeah, are water know, bottles right? and soda and stuff like that. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I'll, like, I'll have to listen. All in the audience. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sweat. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we have seen that Katara is uh, pretty resilient. You know, she's been able to sweat them. Um, with blood bending off the table, that's, uh, I, I, I feel like mostly what she'd be needing to work with is what water is available to her. Mm-hmm. Um, Pandro's uh, summoning water for his sword. I definitely feel like if it came down to them fighting over that, I feel like Katara would have a better mastery over uh, water and stuff too. I can just picture her being, you know, real, uh, real tricksy using, you know, turning the ice and trying to fight him with, uh, with, you know, all of the water that he's summoning. Um, but I'll admit that, you know, I don't know, uh, Demon Slayer nearly as well. So I, I will say that Tanjiro, when he, when he summons his water, it just kind of seems to come out of nowhere in classic anime style. So, right. So right, yeah. Yeah. Katara could definitely use that to her advantage. You know, it is water yeah. for the taking essentially. I'm I'm even thinking that Tanjiro might avoid summoning it, you know, if he's done his research and understands where all of her power comes from. He might just use a sword. Yeah. So sounds like you're kind of on the fence here. Who do you who do you I s- am. I am. I'm I'm <laughs> undecided at the moment. Yeah. Okay, okay. So that's that sets up an interesting situation because we can move to another person and have them give their thoughts. And then that may or may Let's not sway I'm, your decision. I'm up for grabs. <laughs> All right. So we have the we have the swing the swing state over here. <laughs> um, cool. So, Faith, you actually let's go to Carson because Faith, you're going to hit us with a lot of knowledge. So <laughs> yeah. Let's go Carson and then Faith will tell us how wrong we all are. Let me show my ignorance real quick and then <laughs> not be able to pretend like I knew all along. Um. I mean, I gotta back my girl Katara. I, I, I believe that even with like limited water resources, because so first of all, they can bring what they want with them, right? So we see her uh, preparing for battle. She tends to do is she carries like four or five um, sacks of water that are like in this kind of intricate sort of harness in her body, so that she can like odd out for like whips and attacks and then push it back, put it back in whenever she doesn't need it anymore. So she, she like is never like necessarily unprepared. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't think like a lack of water is necessarily an issue. It could do tidal waves if that's an option, but I think her strong suit is kind of more a precise sort of bending style. There's a lot of the time when you see her fight, she's using like water, tendrils like an octopus um to like ensnare and then her bending is really sharp see that she can like use her bending to cut through metal um in like the drill episode her and ang uh use like a like a water bottles amount of water to cut through like a hundred beams to take down a giant um mechanical drill Uh, so that was obviously a much um, longer feat, but you no, know, I just uh, would put her. I would, I would 
vote for her bending over a sword personally and unless there's like something really special about the sword which i don't know it could be like an atori hands over something like that <laughs> but um i mean i just with my knowledge of which is definitely i know more about katara um i still think that she has advantages and i would also like to talk about the sideline characters here sokka versus um nizuko yep say that right nizuko yeah so what i've seen of nezuko she is not super charismatic apparently intimidating she can be intimidating not super charismatic where sokka is like the guy you want on the sidelines is the guy you want in your corner, rooting you on, jeering at the other guy, causing distractions. Like he's he's kind of the man uh, when it comes to like just fully being there and being supportive. Whereas Zuko is just kind of quiet. <laughs> and you know, uh, Tanjiro definitely in the episodes I've seen is very passionate about like protecting her and like doing what he needs to for her. But uh, I, the brother-sister dynamic between Sokka and Katara, I think, is a little more fruitful, a little more, like, build each other up, um, and it really counts. I'm also going to throw that into the, into the mix. Um, I want to mention one thing, because I'm very proud of this, before we get over to, uh, well, before we get to your decision... Well, I guess your decision, you made your decision, huh? It's Katara. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I was like, wait a minute, yeah. So I want to make one one note before we send it over to Faith. Um, I am very proud because I've made it to this episode in Avatar. Um, Katara also has the water whip, which she could probably just whip the sword out of Tanjiro's hand. So that's also yeah. a potential factor. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, Faith. I mean, give me no more reason. Katara <laughs> all the way. Water whip and slicing through metal. All right, Faith, Faith class is in session. All right. Uh, so uh, this is a this is a really interesting fight. I think. Um, uh, I I love Katara and I love Tanjiro. Um, I think they're both really interesting characters. But um, I honestly think that uh, Katara is going to wipe the floor with Tanjiro. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, not, uh, just hold on. Give me one second. Oscar's trying to tell me something. Sounds like nothing. Dane has uh, swung. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, we. we I'm, I'm Katara all the way in there. Sorry. Sorry, we ordered pizza. We were seeing if it was here yet. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, I think uh, Katara is gonna wipe the floor of Tanjiro. Um, just because I think just she. They're both really good at adapting to whatever environment that they're given in and whatever situation that they're given. Um, but kind of what I remember or what I, th I think I remember about Tanjiro's fighting is with his water breathing technique, even though it like, it summons the water, I don't think the water is ever actually used to do damage. Um, I think it's always the sword that does the blow. I think the water is just kind of there for effect. Um, so it kind of just gives uh, Katara all that water. Um, but also Tanjiro is not really going to be able to do that much without doing those specific breathing technique styles. Um, that's kind of where a lot of his power comes from and a lot of his ability to adapt to the situation that he's giving, given uh, comes from. So even if he just wasn't to do that, uh, she, I think she'd still have that advantage, especially because with the 
Um, she's also really good um, with when she does have a very minimum amount of water about using it really effectively. Um, so yeah, uh, but also to kind of like touch upon the ringside point of it, um, I think that's where it starts to get interesting because I think once uh, Katara starts to wipe the floor with Tanjiro, I think that's when Nezuko is going to get involved. And I think once Nezuko gets involved, Sokka is going to get involved. And that's when you're going to have a little bit more complicated of a fight. Um, I still think at the end of the day, Sokka and Katara are going to come out on top. Um, I think they're just, uh, at least in terms of, it was Sokka v. Nezuko. Uh, Sokka, again, he's really good at adapting to his situation and being strategic with his movements and his fights, where Nezuko is kind of a She's a super strong demon and she just kind of goes into situations knowing that um, without really thinking things through. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's my ramble. I think Katara would have that in the bag. Also, because like thinking about their water that might be an arena, like Katara's used like her own sweat before to vent, um, I think. There's definitely more than enough just small pieces of water that she could use to kind of build to her advantage in that arena. Yeah. Even without having to resort to bloodbending. I think uh I think there was one episode where he like pulled them underwater or something like that, but I could just be flat out making that up. <laughs> it might have been. It's because I don't remember been a few months <laughs> since I've seen it. Um, but I, I vaguely yeah. remember that uh even though the water was there and it looked yeah. really, really cool, it was always the sword that did the damage, never the water. Yeah, it was. Well, um, you don't so... know that because anime is classic for cutting <laughs> away <laughs> and then cutting back and it's like, oh, I'm cut. I'm dead. Piece of my hair <laughs> fell off. <Yeah. laughs> I was like, One Piece did that all the time with Zoro. Yeah. Um, cool. So I'm... I'm going to do the cool thing here. I'm actually going to jump ship and leave Tanjiro to dry. Yeah. <laughs> leave him behind. And Let him sing. Tanjiro to get wet more. Because I think Tanjiro is going to be left wiping the floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, and that's uh, that's the other thing about that fight. Um, I don't think a Katar, I don't think Tanjiro is going to go all out for it. Um, just because uh, Tanjiro doesn't like fighting people. Um, he fights he has he fights demons that have killed people and usually when he gets into fights that aren't with demons who have previously killed people that's when he's like kind of holding back that's where he's kind of in the i don't want to have this fight because he's has that kind of super morality in that sense yeah meanwhile Uh, katara has to stop herself from killing Meanwhile, Katara has to stop herself from killing people. She she still has that memo- that morality and that sense of, oh yeah, this is wrong and I shouldn't do that. And it's very strong, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't give into it sometimes. Can you guys believe that I don't offer the referees health insurance? <laughs> I mean, as long as they can swim, I think they'll be fine in at least this case. Life preservers. <laughs> um... My my final point I wanted to make is that I didn't realize whether the water that Tanjiro conjures up is real or not. If it's real, then I think he's totally screwed because Katara is just going to take it and be like, really, oh, dude? Thanks. Really, dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but I think, you know, with with everything that, you know, I haven't gotten to the part where she carries the water on her person and stuff. So I really think that's going to be a big factor because she can just take it and be like, whip, you know, yeah. whatever. 
and all this, you know, all the other crazy stuff that she's going to learn that I haven't seen yet. She, she's also smart enough that I feel in doing her research, if it were a, you know, more anime magic water that didn't have any properties that Katara could spin, uh, I think she would just waterboard the guy anytime he starts <laughs> talking, trying to summon his water. I think she would just be splashing water in his face. I don't think she'd let him summon it. That's fair. And this whole this whole fight so far has been Sans bedding. Right? Well, like we kind of like we're like, oh, okay, well right. Uh, if you put that back on the table, mm-hmm. it's like it's that's just no contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also yeah, has like healing abilities, that. so she could like potentially heal herself in fighting. We don't yeah. really see yeah. her do that very often. Um, but it <laughs> but is like there. a possibility. It's 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 on it's it's in yeah. the mix. It's there. Yeah. Um, so Katara is scary powerful. Like yeah. she, yeah. she she's dope. Uh, I know you've only seen season one, Josh. Uh, trust me, she. Uh... I'm excited. Season three, she has some. She has some crazy episodes. <laughs> cool. She has episodes where even the characters who are around her are like, "Oh my god." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a great opening fight. Let's. Uh, I just want to recap. Uh, we are all unanimously Team Katara. Team Katara. Cool. Okay. Get tattooed. Yeah. So. Let's do it. Um, cool. So, join us next time for Sokka versus Nesco, and it's uh, also a no contest. <laughs> um, the, the no contest the other direction. I, I think know. so. Yeah, she'll just eat him. Yeah. Um, so. Sokka's great, but. Let's go ahead and. Send it down to Mr. Metatron, Wade Hunt, for fight number two, which is going to be Dane's fight, right? And yeah. I'm, I'm excited about this, but I have no idea about either of these characters. So I'm excited, but I'm excited to learn, I guess. <laughs> All um, right. So Mr. Metatron, please take it away, and we will get into fight number two. The following contest is fight number two. Introducing first, from Steven Universe, representing the Crystal Gems. She is the Permafusion Power Couple, Garnet. And her opponent, representing Gowling in the Earth Kingdom, she is the Blind Bandit, Earth and Metal Bending Master, Toph So I've got nothing to contribute here. So go ahead and take it away. <laughs> okay. Am I allowed to uh, set this somewhere not in the ring? Uh, sure. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Cut to a hard pan desert, like Dragon Ball Three, DBZs. Oh, right off the bat, as the buzzer's going off, as the bell's ringing. 
cost is going to immediately be on the offensive. Uh, Garnet's going to be deep. Top's going to just chuck and boulder to Garnet. Garnet's got her future vision, so she is easily avoiding the smashing through some boulders. Uh, and this is going to get Top way more frustrated. The more frustrated she gets, the more erratic she's going to get, and the less predictable. So that's actually going to put Garnet on the ropes. Uh, Garnet's not going to be able to keep up with all of this. She's going to be getting hit from a few different angles from some rocks. Top bending like crazy. Smashes Garnet's glasses off and then whoosh. Garnet's going to launch herself up into the sky. Now, Top can't see her, right? So Garnet's going to take full advantage of this. I think Garnet's going to immediately just launch her fist at Top. Uh, Top, right at the last second, just senses the fist. Uh, forms herself into a rock shield, uh, gets some rock armor. Garnet's not going to, you know, lose this opportunity. So I picture Garnet will just immediately move into the offensive, start beating away at Toph. Uh, every time Toph tries to counter Garnet, Garnet's just going to be one step ahead now that she's got Toph on the ropes. Uh, we're just going to, like, I'm picturing seeing her third eye darting around like that time she got addicted to whack-a-mole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Top's just going to be getting beaten up, uh, struggling to remain defensive. She's going to be trying to use her seismic sense to uh, predict Garnet's moves, but the whole image is just going to be scrambled and distorted on account of Garnet being, you know, mostly a protection of light. Um, now, a young Top here, I feel this would be about the moment when she'd be beat because she would just keep fighting back like a caged badger. Um, but this top has learned from patience hang in the game. So split second decision. We're gonna see her slip underground boomy style. Season one, episode five, King of Omashi. Um do not test me. Garnet <laughs> out of caution is gonna launch herself back into the air. Boom, Top reemerges. Garnet's going to once again try and shoot her fist at Top, but this time Top's gonna to be ready. So instead of forming a, a rock armor. Top just stands there. She's just going to hold her little bare hand out as the fist flies through the air. And right before it hits, boom, we're just going to see the fist just stop dead in the air. It's going to start shaking violently. Top is going to be focusing all of her energy onto this very small, very dense bit of rock at the center of the fist. Garden knows exactly what's about to happen. All three eyes are going to try and bleed with Top, but staring back are going to ice cold pools of Top's going to twist her hand and pull Ruby away from Sapphire. Sapphire's going to be falling toward the earth, screaming for Ruby. Top draws a quick circle with her foot to catch Sapphire in quicksand, and then she's just going to toss a limp Ruby like a f***ing pebble. That's over. Top wins. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Don't test me on that. <laughs> Don't. Uh... Alright. Uh, so, Top. Interesting. Uh, let's go to Faith. All right. Um, so uh, I had a in thinking about this fight because um, I think they'd be pretty evenly matched. Um, I think they're both really powerful. Um, they're both really good at kind of waiting for the right opportunity to strike. Uh, something that occurred to me is that off is a earthbender and arguably probably one of the most powerful earthbenders in the world, if not the most powerful earthbender in the world. And Garnet 
It's a rock. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, one of the questions that uh, I was asking myself when trying to come up with how this fight was going to go down is, is Garnet bendable? Um, so that's a rabbit hole that I went down over the past week and a half. Uh, so after uh, talking with some friends on Snapchat, we just we discovered that garnets themselves uh, they are usually made uh, from pressurized like sheetrock, uh, which is uh, relatively like um, and Toph is able to bend metal, right? Um, Toph is able to bend metal and with the kind of idea given that even though it is very pressurized rock it is still um it's still earth pressurized earth it is still earth at its core um so uh garnets are i think are technically less refined than metal is um on top of that uh you have the uh the fact that uh garnet would or toff would pretty quickly be able to sense that uh, Garnet is made of earth um, just due to her abilities due to her ability to sense earth and due to kind of her seismic sense um, so that's a fact that she'd be able to figure out pretty quickly um, I mean however Garnet could possibly get around it with probably she'd be able to figure out that Toph is blind so as long as she kept herself airborne she'd have a pretty easy time dealing with Toph um, so I think it just honestly I think it would come down to who would figure out Whose weaknesses first? Would Toph figure out Garnet's a rock first, or would uh, uh, Garnet figure out that uh, Toph can't see in the air first? Um, and I think that uh, Toph would be the first one to kind of figure that out. I think just because even before walking onto the ring, she'd be able to sense the earth within Garnet. Yeah, that that's kind of. Um... Like, I, I was also doing some research into, like, the different strengths of different metals and um, differences between sapphires and rubies and, you know, what the pressures being there, which is kind of how I came to the conclusion that uh, I don't, I'm not sure if Pop could bend an actual, like, refined gemstone, but I definitely well, here's think the, she could separate here's the thing, though. Uh, and, and I crack kind of... Garnet, what I've done that. Yeah, uh, but here's kind of why I think she would be able to is because uh, we've seen Earthbenders bend gemstones before. We see that in the battle under Lake Laogai. Um, and also, Boomy has, uh, when we first meet Boomy in episode in season one, he's also be able to bend crystals and gemstones. So we know that that's already a thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, guess, those are rocks. I guess it, yeah, well that it was a rock candy, but we see that there's the gemstones under Lake Laogai in season two that she's able to bend. Jeez, I am missing mm. so much. Uh, so, <laughs> so gemstones are pretty, pretty bendable. Um, like, assuming that the gemstones that they bend in the, uh, under Lake Laogai are like a quartz of some kind, um, uh, Garnet is significantly less refined than a quartz is. Um, so if Toph is able to bend that, she's absolutely able to bend a Garnet. Whether she or not she's able to bend Garnet's physical body, that's, that's the question that we could probably spend hours debating. Um, I'm going to kind of go with the idea that since Garnet is a rock at her core, though, that she would be able to. Okay. Uh, Carson, what do you think? All right. I, you know, I was 
Mm. are making me think. But let me throw, just for the sake of argument, not all just being on the same side, Garnet's body is not made of Garnet. That's just her name. Body is yeah, made of it's, it's a construct. Now, I would, in another situation, argue that the gems are not literal gems, but are alien organisms. And so are therefore the, I would bring to question the ability to bend them. But since it seems like the ruling has kind of been made that they are bendable, go ahead and let that slide. <laughs> not argue <laughs> something that's, not argue something that's kind of a moot point. I will, however, say that it kind of brings up, it's like whoever figures out the first one's, the other one's weakness first um, would be the winner. In that sense, uh, Ernit has future vision. She mm-hmm. sees the pathways of time laid out before her and can use that to predict what will happen in doing so can definitely see herself figuring out off's weakness of kindness and tethered to the earth definitely stay airborne i mean see her uh incredible feats of strength she hurls um amethyst like into space to fight the eyeball in like the early beach city episode there's a giant eye so she's he, um, her fight with uh, Jasper on the spaceship. I mean, they're like tearing. They're they're tearing through the hole of a spaceship just by fighting each other. This thing that's meant to withstand the vacuum of space. They're just like ripping through it like it's nothing. She's singing the whole time. Um, you know that she is strong enough to withstand lava. She can like swim in lava without being phased. Um. So I think just in terms of like sheer strength, um, I think that she could end the match before Toph figures out that she is bendable. Even with metal, metal bending, it took Toph a long time to piece that together. It was a process while she was trapped in a jail. But Garnet, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, you guys, you guys have me a little bit off the fence, or a little bit on the fence. I mean, but I, I think I'm going to put my vote in for Garnet. I think just the sheer strength and power that she exhibits over the series doesn't hold a candle to it. So, two takeaways from your guys's argument before I give my opinion. Uh, one, listeners, I bet you didn't know you were going to get a science lesson in this episode. <laughs> And two, don't we all wish we could swim in lava? Um, (laughs) So, uh, Carson, I'm going to side with you on this because I was, I'm comparing the two and I haven't gotten to talk in the show yet. I've only seen a couple of episodes of Steven Universe, so I'm not super familiar with Garnet, but the fact that she has, you know, her powers listed on the on the thing are shape-shifting, summoning a weapon, telekinesis, uh, super strength. So I think all of those, I mean, if you're talking earth-bending, metal-bending, 
Um, I know Toph can bend, you know, things. She could literally, like, if she was metal or, you know, we could have that discussion, she could tie her into, like, a figure eight or something like that, and it would be over. <laughs> but if you're hunking pieces of earth and pieces of metal at Garnet, then they can just telekinese them away. I don't know if that's a verb, but it's going to be. And so I think for that reason, you know, I'm sure that her senses are heightened because she's blind. So there wouldn't really be any sneaking up on her. But I think just the sheer strength, like physical strength and the telekinesis and, and the future vision obviously is like a huge, um, like unfair advantage <laughs> because you know, Garnet can literally see what's going to happen in a way. So I think that with all of those things uh, piled up against uh, Toph, that I think Garnet is going to, is going to come away. Do you guys have any counters? <laughs> um, I mean, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Team Garnet. Um, I don't agree, but I think you make a good argument, and I understand why you think that. Um, because I think, I think it would be a it would be a strong fight. Um, I think they're both very capable opponents. Um, but I guess there could be the argument that like Toph could get cocky and kind of could mess her up. But yeah, I still think I still think that. Technically, Garnet would be bendable. So technically, since and also since gemstones are familiar, would be a little bit more familiar of a bendable element that uh, Toph would be able to kind of sense that pretty quickly. Um, yeah. But you don't think that Garnet... So again, these are predetermined fights. So uh, Toph... I mean, uh, Garnet knows that Toph is an, an earthbender. So... I think that Garnet might just telekinese Toph, like, you know, pick her up and slam her into the ground. <laughs> Does... I I feel like Garnet's telepathic. Is she telekinetic, though? Uh, according to the wiki, it says telekinesis, but that could be wrong. It's a wiki page, so... Okay. I, I'm also, like, just now finishing season four, so... I can't, I can't think of a time that Garnet has used telekinesis. Yeah, I, I haven't seen either. her be telekinesis. Well, I'm sticking to my guns. <laughs> 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 um, so they have shape-shifting, which is cool. And shape-shifting... Yeah. Mm. Gar Garnet could always give herself wings and keep herself airborne that way. Yeah, and then just, you know... Yeah, I so with a... With, uh... Real quick, addressing Carson's uh, point about, you know, them being, like, uh, space beings and stuff. Like, I, you know, Earth was being sort of terraformed or whatever the different because of the minerals, right? And because that's, like, you know, that's how they would make pork soldiers and things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, um, stuff was there, yeah, because, of, you know, they use, like, gems of the Earth, which, so, yeah, like, I'm, I'm in agreement with Faith, I think, yeah. that, uh, the core components point. are there that bending would still affect Garna. And um, we also know that and, Toph can uh, bend space rock. She bent. She was able to bend that meteor. Right. That's right. Yeah. Well, and 
And so then, though, uh, to the point of uh, Garnet would, in fact, realize first that Toph is blind before Toph realizes that Garnet's blind first. I think just, you know, on kind of the uh, future vision stuff, which is why I had Garnet so quickly escaping to the air and uh, trying to shoot at Toph from that ring. But see, for me, that's where it comes down to, like, Garnet's main weapons are her fists, which is where she has her gems. And mm -hmm. I feel like as soon as those gems are close to the top, like, it did take Top a while of being in that enclosed space and, you know, working with the metal to find them and stuff. Uh, but I think, yeah, as soon as it comes down to, like, close uh, and she's directing her toward that fist, that little bit of just gem rock in there, that ruby, that I think she'd be able to uh, control the ruby enough to press it. All right. So I think Toph kills Ruby <laughs> and uh, lets Sapphire, yeah, I don't know, just cry, I guess. So let's be That's honest. That's exactly my prediction. Toph is a Ruby if a Ruby was born as an Earthbender. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well. So yeah, I, I got to give it to Toph. So let's get let's get final uh, final decisions here. Uh, we already heard Dane. Dane is uh, team tough. Uh, I'm gonna just like last month with uh, with Hermione and Ray. I'm gonna I'm too proud to change my answer. I'm gonna stick with Garnet. <laughs> it's a worthy hill to die on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think I think the argument for Garnet is really good. Um, I still I think just off. I I think I have to give it to Toss. All right, Carson. Uh, so I guess I guess I'm gonna give it to Toff, but I feel like it's a dirty oh. victory. I feel like it's I feel like it's on a technicality, but I I don't feel like as opponents Garnet is the stronger fighter and the stronger opponent just so happens to have this major disadvantage that I feel like <laughs> it's well explained by Ethan Dane here. And if I'm being objective, I do have to give it to Toph, but I do feel like Garnet is the stronger fighter. And I can, I can, oh, I agree with you. With yeah. yeah. I, I yeah, think it's a dirty victory and I don't like I just it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> all, all I'm going to reluctant victory. All I'm going to say is I hope you have trouble sleeping tonight because <laughs> <laughs> I know I bet you anything. If, if Nala listens to this, do. she's going to yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm alone again, womp, womp. <laughs> but that's okay because this next fight, I think, uh, think i'm gonna be on someone's team here so <laughs> mr metatron wade hunt is standing by with the introductions for fight number three the following contest is fight number three fight number three is an agni kai agni kai is a traditional firebender duel that is centuries old it is a fight for one's honor and is won only when one opponent burns the other. The outcome of an Agni Kai affects the honor of each opponent. Introducing first, from Amistris in Full Metal Alchemist, representing Mustang Unit in the Amestrian State Military, he is State Flame Alchemist, 
Colonel Roy Mustang! And his opponent, representing the Fire Nation, he is former Prince and Firebending Master, Zuko! And fight number three is going to be uh, Carson's fight. So I hate that you jumped my ship and now I have to send the fight over to you. But <laughs> <laughs> So reluctantly, I will take it away. <laughs> Let you take it away. <laughs> oh, man. Now I feel bad. I said I didn't like it. I said I was unhappy. <laughs> Like I said, I don't know anything about those two characters. I just wanted to take the opportunity to make you feel bad. And I guess it worked. So, Yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, congratulations. This... No one's having fun now. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh, I just want to preface this by saying this is one hell of a fight. Holy crap. It is. <laughs> it, um, I was pretty proud of thinking of it. So in Avatar, we'll start with the Avatar character is uh, Air Prince zuko who um is a force to be reckoned with uh, for sure he's the main antagonist for most of the series and then spoiler alert kind of becomes flips becomes protagonist i mean he's always kind of you're always kind of like rooting for him yeah. on some level but uh his the firebender he's one of the most powerful firebenders that we see um he is always at a disadvantage throughout most of the series. Like he's always the underdog, a lot of his fights, but he comes out on top a lot of the time. Um, abilities are being able to produce uh, flames with uh, bending. So it's like a martial arts form um, that creates fire uh, and, and can control existing fire as well through the same martial arts. Mm. That's kind of just a basic idea. Uh, he's a really great fighter. He is capable of uh, taking out other benders without use of fire bending. So you see him a lot of the time go up against um, uh, opponents in his alter ego, the Blue Spirit. He doesn't fire bend at all. He just uses martial arts and swords. The takes care of uh, earthbenders, takes out like fire nation guards. Um, so he's capable even without the flame. And then you have on the other side of the fight, a Colonel Roy Mustang, the flame alchemist from a full metal alchemist brotherhood. It's just also full metal alchemist <laughs> for brotherhood. Um, Ooh, you're going to have some enemies there. <laughs> <laughs> with you Carson I prefer Brotherhood too <laughs> um, it's just a more satisfying end anyway uh, oh yeah Roy Mustang uh, is an alchemist which means he has the ability to um, convert matter into other matter as all alchemists do but his specific focus is on fire so he uses alchemy to Change the composition of the air around him into explosive gases. 
and he creates channels by which fire can travel. Sparks created by his gloves, which are ignition gloves. We can like snap his fingers, create a spark. That spark lights a channel of like explosive air, follows that, and he basically is just an unstoppable force of flames <laughs> in the series. Like it's sometimes scary. Um, on top of all of that, does I would say another advantage that he has is that he is just also an alchemist, right? So he can do other forms of alchemy too, which you see from other alchemists. So anything that like Edward Elric does in Full Metal uh, Alchemist, I'd say Roy Mustang is just as capable of it, right? Um, so he can also create weapons. He can also alter terrains and uh, he just chooses his main focus being fire. So with all that being said, all the abilities on the table there, I truly have no idea who I'm picking. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I just, um, I wanted to add real quick, uh, that hmm. apparently Roy Mustang's hobby, according to the wiki is flirting with girls. Yeah. He's a real how, ladies man. How that is his only hobby is beside me but he's he's really he's really married he's really married to the job right? oh yeah I mean, he doesn't do a lot he's he's, he's trying to become fewer you know how much of fire you, you have to make in that kingdom to keep that job he's busy <laughs> yeah all right so um yes in terms of like attitude i think roy mustang is more of a killer than zuko is Zuko is like a great fighter and stuff, but he kind of has restraint when it comes to like being out enemies as a conscience. Roy Mustang has learned to ignore his conscience over an entire civil war where he just was like a butcher. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of leaning towards Mustang. If I had to pick one right now, it would be Mustang, but that no way is uh, a guarantee by the end of this fight. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, for now, tentatively, Mustang, because his power set and his attitude kind of put him on top for me. All right. So, I guess I'll go ahead and go because I don't know. I only know one season worth of Zuko and I know nothing about Mustang other than what I've read. Um, but I think that I'm going to have to give it to Zuko because after reading about these two characters, um, it seems like Roy can make fire and throw it and do all that stuff, but Zuko can bend fire. And so if you're talking about Roy Mustang, like shooting fire at him and creating fire, um, Zuko can use that to his advantage and, and just kind of parry it, you know, knock it out of the way or, or do something like that. Not to mention you brought up his martial arts skills. Um, he's also a parkour specialist. So he's just like flipping around the ring and doing all this kind of crazy stuff. And um, so I think with his, like his agility, his abilities, he does have some restraint, but if we're talking about getting a victory, you know, Zuko has his goal. He has to find the avatar. 
uh, you know, at least in yeah. season one. <laughs> and when he has stores off. Yeah. And when and when uh when he has a goal, he he stops at nothing to get that goal. And so I think a goal oriented Zuko, even going up against, you know, the most powerful alchemist there is, I think that Zuko is gonna come out on top. And and there's me. Right. So um, Yeah, I Right, Zuko. I changed my mind again. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I gotta go off and, and say that, like, uh, and also haven't finished Brotherhood, but from what I've seen, I don't, I don't think, uh, Roy Mustang is nimble enough to keep up with Zuko. I think, you know, as, as much as, like, they're both very powerful, um, and, you know, it's going to get, like, loads of match, it's also just going to come down to, you know, technique and probably a lot of close quarters. I think Zuko's got him there. Um, and then also what Josh was saying about uh, he, Zuko will have more control of the fire with it. You know, not just offensively, but defensively. I think Zuko can protect himself. Yeah. Okay. Yay, I'm not alone this time. Uh, <laughs> Faith, are you alone? Uh-huh. Uh, I think I might be alone. Um, I, this is this is the hardest fight for me to decide too. Like this is, I think, I think they'd be really, really, really evenly matched. Um, but I think I would ultimately give this one to uh, Mustang, um, just because I uh, and I think Carson and I we were we were talking about this a couple weekends ago uh, that the uh, his abilities and his. Uh, to, or his ability to do things, um, it's not necessarily that he's creating the fire with his alchemy, it's that he's separating the atoms uh, and kind of using that to control how the fire goes and how that fire redirects. Um, and since he has the alchemy um, on his glove, he's able to do that. So kind of in a weird sense, uh, Roy Mustang would kind of be able to bend that fire, um, not in the bending sense of Zuko, but he'd still kind of be have a control of the direction it goes and how it travels. Um, and I think, uh, I also remember he also has like some combustion. I think he, uh, I vaguely remember him using that snap to kind of cause the combustion, um, based off of the alchemy that he used to kind of bend or to kind of create a little bit more of a spike and a little, or spark and a little bit more firepower. And I think what's ultimately going to set him apart from Zuko is the fact that I don't think Roy Mustang is going to hold back. Um, I think, you know, he's, he's essentially been a war criminal before. This wouldn't be his first time striking down a 17 year old child. Um, And even though he (laughs) kind of grows from that and he like learns it's wrong, I don't think he'd ever hesitate to do it again if he needs to. Um, He's very pragmatic very pragmatic when it comes to his fights um and even when like he kind of has sympathy for the other person he never uses that to kind of let that affect how he's going to fight and how he's going to go about this all right faith i'm back baby i'm back i'm back <laughs> must uh, it is must yeah. i have more points to make i have you more points to make it's not a good time <laughs> Bringing Let's them back to my side. This guy. Uh, all right, make your make your counterpoints, Benedict Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, first of all, I so not being able to keep up with Zuko, 
my counter to that would be that he doesn't have to. Uko has to form moves and like martial arts in order to create the fire. That's kind of what bending is, right? And so the two are kind of married together. And it's like this very precise kind of abilities, and that's 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 what he has to do. Um Mustang accomplishes same, if not greater, feats of fire, but literally just a snap. Like just standing still. In his fights with the homunculi of the series, which are his greatest moments, I would say, where you actually get to see his skills, like Lust, the homunculi are named after um, Thins, by the way. So I'm not just like saying she's lusty, but like Lust. Lust <laughs> is the name of the homunculus. She is fast. She is deadly. She has hands that turn into like claws that can reach 20 feet. And she is not able to get through his wall of his barrage of fire attacks. And these these creatures are supposedly immortal because they have infinite like regenerative abilities. He burns her down to her core point where she just cannot regenerate anymore. Um, and he does all that just kind of standing there dramatically, you know. Um, same with his fight against Envy, who can turn into a giant monster. Uh, he then, in that fight, exhibits his ability to do like really precise attacks where he typically burns Envy's retinas so that he's blinded. And uh, so it's not even necessarily about like traveling, like, you know, um, being able to control the fire it's like being able to just put fire behind your eyes and like burn like, the retinas of your eyes so i think go is excellent but i just don't see him being able to get close enough to mustang mustang would be able to keep him at bay and much just overpower him uh, Go's got a limit, and I don't see Mustang having that same limit. Well, All right, Carson. I got. You've convinced me. I got me. a bit of a question. Oh, okay, okay. I'll back <laughs> wait, my boy Zuko. Wait, wait, wait. I'll but, back my boy. Wait, wait. You've convinced me, Carson. I'm sticking with Zuko. <laughs> hey. <laughs> what, Thank you. What a twist. Go ahead. Go, <laughs> go ahead, Dane. I think I think Zuko's gonna burn Mustang's <laughs> I think he's gonna push all that fire back at him until he burns through his clothes. Um And he just I, carves a transportation circle on his hand like he did in the fight against Lust. <laughs> I, I don't think he'll have any time. I feel I feel like Zuko is going to be able to close the gap real quick just even if you know at first he's bending only defensively get right on up there because like like you were pointing out you know a lot of uh mustang's power when it came to fighting envy was uh keeping them at bay right um and i feel like zuko's just going to be able to close in real quick and then uh the hand-to-hand fight with that thing zuko wins them disagree i don't think let, he'll get that close let me ask a question okay is is mustang agile 
Like, does he do like jumps and flips and stuff? Is he that kind of character or not really? He just kind of stands. No, there not like really. Not really. So Zuko is going to be bouncing all over the ring. He's he's essentially a ninja, like in a way, where yeah, he's yeah. just going to throw smoke down, and then he's going to show up behind Mustang and just burn his clothes off, and Mustang's going to be standing there naked, all embarrassed. <laughs> Well, then... The other argument that um, <laughs> I would make for uh, Roy Mustang over Zuko, which again, it's no knock for Zuko. This is a really hard decision, but um, <laughs> honestly, like, um, so Zuko, because Roy Mustang has really good control of his fire. It's not just like a snap and then a fire blast from his hand. He can kind of control where that explosion happens. Um, and it's in a way that's just a snap. It's not in bending, um, which kind of gives him a little bit of an advantage because Zuko's not going to be able to protect where that fire is going to come from. He's not going to have any like bending moves or bending martial arts to kind of go off of to kind of predict his opponent's moves or what they're going to do. He just kind of has to snap and guess where that combustion is going to happen. Okay. Just to mention if he like his, again, it's not like the same thing as like just throwing fireballs, right? He is using alchemy to change the chemical composition of the air. So if the air all around go becomes like just oxygen, pure oxygen, like none of his attacks are going to make it out of that without him getting exploded in his face. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you, if you are able to control the very like physical, like the molecular structure of the air in the arena, and I just don't see Zuko being able to. And in that same way, I would, uh, you know, he can also redirect the attacks of fire from Zuko, you know, like away from him. And so Zuko is at that point just a source of fire for Mustang to use. So my final point is he throws the smoke down, becomes the blue spirit, and shanks mustang no further mm -hmm. questions <laughs> hey but i could say a sequence of events too i could just be like <laughs> zuko or mustang snaps his fingers and zuko dies <laughs> and then no further questions <laughs> also this wouldn't be mustang's first time dealing with a skilled swordsman he's yeah, been in the okay. military he's dealt with a lot of that he is going to be a lot more prepared for anything zuko has to throw at him than zuko is for anything that russ or mustang does mustang killed the unkillable that's fair okay so let's go ahead and round it out here uh before things get too heated uh no no, no <laughs> Wait, you made me turn off my fan no, no pun intended uh, um maybe some pun all right uh so carson since you were previously undecided who your final decision i'm i'm gonna go with must i'm gonna give it to him just think right. i think he's i think zuko's outclassed all right i'm uh i'm sticking zuko i, I like the guy even though he's a bad guy kind of Dane? I um I'm I'm gonna abandon Josh no! <laughs> over to Carson Jones <laughs> to the Colonel Roy Mustang but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, we're we're 
Gucci the one that was mad at me for almost too, like, fake changing my answer? Yeah, but that was the one that served me. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. No, uh, definitely, definitely the idea of uh, changing down to molecules, the air around Zuko. I I can definitely picture Zuko more or less just setting himself on fire. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah, I can see that, but I'm I'm holding fast, unlike some people on the show. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Real proud of you. All right, Faith. Um, I'm also gonna give this one to Mustang. Uh, reasons I've previously stated. Um, <laughs> All right, before we move on to the main event, Faith, I have one question for you. Yes. Is it bad to die on two hills? <laughs> uh, I mean, no. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll never. Oh, good. Is, is it possible to die on two hills? Yeah, um, dying twice is never bad. I'm going to, uh, I guess I'm going to find out on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will never fault you for supporting Zuka. It is not oh, a wrong yeah. decision. Yeah, no. Zuko no. is the man. Here, here I stand. Zuko. Here I stand. One foot on each hill. <laughs> I They're I love hill. I love how we just like just beat the shit out of you for uh, going against Katara, and then you try and come onto Team Avatar, and that's the one. Like, no, yeah, I we know. stand these other guys. <laughs> you know. We're the it's, ones at the beginning of the show who are like, Avatar, all the way, cool. all the way. <laughs> and then we're like, how, except for in this fight. How could you? And in this fight. You're like, so Avatar, right guys? You're like, ooh. <laughs> I like Avatar, but... <laughs> you have to be objective. Otherwise, yeah, Carson said the show. more science words, which, I mean, that's also why, you know, I was already going for Garnet, but as soon as Faith started saying science words, but, I mean, you know, for top. So it's really just whoever says the most science words gets my vote. <laughs> Keep that in mind for the next fight. <laughs> yeah. So we are. You mentioned Team Avatar. Let's find out who sticks with Team. I guess who comes back to Team Avatar with me, potentially, uh, <clears throat> in the main event, which is a three versus three. So we, we clarified this before we started recording. It is not tag team. It's essentially just uh, a mess of people just jacking each other up. <laughs> yeah, Super Smash Bros. rules. Pretty pretty much. <laughs> um, so No um, either. Before uh, before Mr. Metatron Wade Hunt becomes, you know, falls victim to that slaughter down there. Um, let's send it down to him so he can uh, do the introductions and get the hell out of there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your main event, Women's Tornado Tag Match. Introducing first, from She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, the team of Catra, Scorpia, and Double Trouble! And their opponents, representing the Fire Nation, the team of my Ty Lee and their leader, Azul! 
All right, Faith. Uh, again, I don't. I haven't gotten this far in Avatar to know these three characters. I've never watched Shira, so I'm for that reason. I'm out. So you're you're up. <laughs> you know, Josh, I have full confidence that you'll find some way to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that, but now you're learning. That's actually my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> it's my secret cap what can I say I'm married I'm always wrong <laughs> Faith what do you have alright so this is a uh, team Azula which is uh, Azula, Ty Lee and May versus team Catra which is uh, Catra Scorpia and Double Trouble um, so it is a interesting set of characters uh, with a really ranged unique set of abilities that I think will make them really kind of equal to each other um, and thus make for a good fight which is why I chose it so um, obviously you have my girl Azula um, with her burning blue fire and her lightning um, she's ruthless she's bloodthirsty and she doesn't hold back and she's also just really smart and good in the fight um, you have Ty Lee with her chi blocking um, chi blocking essentially just being a uh, quick hits to your pressure points, uh, making you unable to use any of your abilities or move. Um, and then May has a bunch of knives that she's very good at uh, throwing accurately. Um, then kind of on the other side of things, you have Katra. Um, so Katra is, she has essentially just a bunch of knives on her hands, um, and she's very, very good at physical fighting. Um, she's also just really good at coming up with strategies and kind of adapting to whatever situation that she's in. Uh, you have Scorpia, who has a giant scorpion tail that can uh, knock someone out if you're stung by it, uh, as well as giant scorpion claws, because she's a Scorpia. Um, and also, <laughs> she has lightning powers. She also has lightning powers. Because why um, not? Because she's a princess! <laughs> and that's her thing! It's her element! Um draws power from the black garnet and that's not the garnet from the earlier fight that's a different garnet and then finally you have double trouble whose main ability is the ability or main power is the ability to perfectly ship shape shift into anybody including voice imitation um so uh this is even though i brought this fight um i've been thinking about who would win this one up until the the final minute here um and uh ultimately i think i think it's gonna be close but i think i have to give it to team azula um i think uh because i think with both teams neither of them are really going to hold back um at all um neither of that no one really on any well except for tylee and scorpia kind of um but no one's really going to have any kind of qualms of like, oh, God, is this, am I going to hurt this person? Um, but uh, ultimately, I think uh, I think Azula is just a little bit more ruthless. Um, and I think her team with Tylee and May, I think they're just a little bit more in sync of the units, at least when they are all working together. Um, both teams kind of also within both of their shows fizzle and fall apart for various reasons. Um but I think ultimately, I think just Azula is going to be the better strategist. And I think she's going to kind of be a little bit more in sync with the other two. Um, her, Tylee, and May having known each other since they were all toddlers. Um, so they're really, really good at knowing 
what everyone is capable of and working in sync. Um, and I think that's just the little bit of an edge that they're going to have over Team Catra. All right. Uh, let's go. Who did we go to last time? Let's go to Dane. Can be swayed, yeah. though. That's. I can't <laughs> throw out that uh, I easily could be swayed with that because I've been going back and forth with this like for the past hmm. two weeks. Had I known that, I would have called this episode like the Swingers episode or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the avatar swingers episode it's like vince vaughn versus john favreau the the avatar swingers club <laughs> dane what do you uh what do you think uh i mean i'm just gonna go ahead and agree right off the bat that i i feel like azula's team is just very well coordinated and ruthless um I definitely feel like uh, they also just have that agility factor, especially with uh, Ty Lee. Um, I think Ty Lee can either get in there quickly and start disabling uh, members of Team Catra, or even if you know they have to work collectively as a group, all focusing on sort of one target at a time. I feel like the strategy is just going to be for. Uh, either made to you know lock them down with knives and then Ty Lee to incapacitate them or just <laughs> Ty Lee to come in there and uh, make them go limp. Like I think I think that's what'll happen in the back of them, especially because that effect uh, tends to last for some time that we see. So once you know once it becomes a three v two match, then it's all over. So they really just team to last and knock out one. I think it's right. fascinating that you really did your research on this, Faith, because they each have like an ability that is similar to the other person's ability, which is kind of neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I was looking at... Yeah, I would love to watch this fight. I feel like this would be one of the safer fights to watch, too, after <laughs> person's fucking yeah. exploding. Nothing's exploding. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of lighting, though. A lot of lightning. Let me just say yeah. that uh, sure. I think Scorpio looks cool as hell. Scorpio is she rules. Um, uh, also, being a huge World of Warcraft fan, I love the fact that their group is called the Horde. I think that's <laughs> yeah. I think that's neat. Um, I think that I'm going to have to agree with both of you and say that I think Azula is going to come out on top because she's just she's a firebender there's a lot of uh i always bring in agility you know how fast they can move around the ring how quickly they can dodge things um is a really huge factor because you have to be able to outmaneuver your opponent to really get the victory and <clears throat> not knowing a ton about the she-ra characters but you have uh tylee who can pretty much knock someone out just by hitting a pressure point which I guess is pretty similar to Scorpia's um, paralyzing sting. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and rule both of them out. I'm going to say that they paralyze each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you have Double Trouble who can shapeshift, but I just don't... So when when Double Trouble shapeshifts, can they... Uh, do they get powers and stuff, or is it only physical and vocal? Uh, it's mainly physical and vocal. 
Okay. So with that being said, if Double Trouble can find a way to trick Team Azula, I think they might stand a fighting chance. But I just think the sheer power of um, of Azula and her team, and like you guys said, they're uh, they have a lot of of history. They've had time to um, the Shira characters are villains, so I think they're going to get greedy and they're going to want the victory for themselves. And I think there's a chance that they might start fighting amongst each other. So I, I will tell you right now, Josh, these Team Missoula is also the villains. Oh, well, yeah, big time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that makes that makes sense, you know, being that she's a firebender. Um, but I, I still I still have to side with uh, with Avatar just because I don't want to be alone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, I think uh, I think Azula and, and and crew, Azula and company, takes the victory. Um, Carson, oh, I'm I'm gonna we're gonna guess what? We're all on the same team here. Oh, uh, I, I totally forgot, guys. Little trouble also is super string. I did. I will not factor that into my decision. Uh, yeah. So here's here's what I think. I would say, I would go so far as to say that Azula could dispatch Team Catra on her own. Yeah, I was thinking about her that. versus the three of them. She could take them. So the added benefit of having May and Tylee, I mean, that just puts it over. I the main thing that Catra's team has going for them is Scorpia. She's got the armor. She's got the stinger. She's got the black garnet lightning. She's got strength. Um, she's really their bruiser, right? But beyond that, um, you see time and time again, Zula during her fights, zeroing in on her opponent's biggest insecurity, exploiting that. And Catra is the most insecure character I have ever seen in a TV <laughs> show. And uh, same with uh, same with Scorpia. She has a lot of insecurities to do. Uh, Double Trouble's got a lot of confidence. I don't know if they would uh, necessarily uh, be the victim of that, but they're also, their power isn't that much. So I would, I would say that yeah, the infighting and the lack of cohesive teamwork uh, is going to be their ultimate downfall. And, you know, you never really see Team Azula struggle like that. I'm still. I, I think we lost them. <laughs> Might be logging back in. Pain! Pain! No! 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 How could you? <laughs> what did I, I say? What did I say that he found so upsetting? <laughs> I agreed with him. I don't like being on the same team as people. <laughs> I'm hanging up now. No. I do have a hypothetical to throw at you when he comes back. If he comes back. <laughs> hey. There he is. Big man. All right. So, Hello. so Carson, I'm going to throw a hypothetical at you real quick. Hey. Um, double trouble can shapeshift. You said that the only reason Team Catra would stand a chance was because, because, uh, was because of Scorpia, correct? 
Yeah. So double trouble shapeshifts into a Scorpia. And now you're going up against two Scorpias. But they wouldn't have the same. I mean, <laughs> I still, I'm not even yeah. close. <laughs> like, um, the the one who shapeshifts into Scorpia, uh, how does she fare against literal lightning? Uh, well, they they're uh, um, also Double Trouble is really cool because they're a non-binary character, like in a kids' TV show, which is awesome. Um, but they, uh, uh, I think I think that would be a good question. Um, well, because I think Scorpia herself would do fine against Lightning, I think, just due right. to the fact that she's already pretty armored and Lightning's kind of her ability already. Um, yeah, but I feel like Double Trouble would just be electric. A double Trouble, well, because well, I don't know if, like, Double Trouble would get that extra armor if they uh, shapeshift into Scorpia. Um, but... Also, kind of keeping in mind, if it is like a three-on-three fight, um, it very well could turn into Scorpia and Azula kind of doing their thing, where Tylee and May are first off of the other two in some way. Um, they could also just kind of gang... Like, it could it could go either way. Um, I think it would kind of fall onto... Because Team Azula is also really good about just kind of who fights who based off of who's going to be strongest at against two which i think would also kind of go to their strengths so even in that scenario i think they'd have a pretty good um side of it um but i think the thing that you guys are th- forgetting um also knowing that i'm still team is the zula uh, or is, zula also has plenty of insecurities to deal with um and double trouble can kind of shapeshift into anybody um so i think double trouble could easily shapeshift into someone that's going to fuck Azula's game up um that <laughs> might uh that might um specifically if double trouble somehow is to know information is in is to transform into a certain mother figure um that might that might might oh. cause oh that might that, that might affect Azula, Azula after the fact but in a fight Azula is very like single-minded like she is very focused she's very unflappable and it's not until she has downtime to consider, like, all of her, you know, baggage that it really starts to weigh on her. But, like, in a fight, you could see that she's just got that determination in her eyes. And I, I just don't see anyone being able to out-bully Azula. <laughs> like, as yeah, soon as Azula I'm... zeroes in on Catra and all the shit that Catra's dealing with... um. I think that's pretty much match over because once you know they lose their leader um because catcher doesn't stand a chance i think i think they just crumble as a team just as a team don't have the the wherewithal to that's stand true. up to it's double trouble really double trouble is really only in it for the paycheck and there's also no guarantee that Double Trouble wouldn't betray them because they even say in the series that they always join the winning team. So as soon as like the tide starts to turn, Double Trouble's gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm with the Fire Nation now." That is very right. true. So I can comfortably say that I'm not alone in this decision. For uh, once, we are. Yeah, we're all Team Catra. 
does look well, like Dane is trying to speak. We're all team Azula. He's yeah, we are. He's trying to get me to go to the other team. So he's trying to do. <laughs> oh, I can't hear Dane <laughs> anymore. Oh. Well, I can hear like... him. I can hear him. Okay. Then it's not important. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to go. I, I can't hear Dane either. Oh, sweet. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the episode anyway, <laughs> because we are uh, we are out of time. But uh, I thank you three for, uh, I thank you two for coming back. And I thank you, Dane, for, for being on the show. Um, You're welcome. I hope you guys Thanks had, uh, yeah, I hope you guys had a good time. Uh, that was intense. And really, I, I don't know what I expected, but it didn't go the way that I expected, whatever that was. <laughs> Especially I don't think any of us had appropriate expectations. Especially yeah. people jumping ship on me. I won't name any names. But <laughs> no, no, you mean me. <laughs> you and Dean. You actually. mean me. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, Faith, you and I are still cool. Yeah. So we we decided ahead of time that we were just going to decide with Faith, or we we're going to agree with Faith because she's the only one who's seen everything we're talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Next <laughs> next time I have Dane on, I'll just know to throw sciencey words at him. And yeah. Oh yeah. That gets him convicted. You didn't need to. <laughs> uh, cool. So, uh, Carson, you have a podcast that you do. So yes, we all three do actually. We're oh, all sweet. three uh, co-hosts yeah. of Conspiracy Theater, a podcast where we make up conspiracies. So it's all improv based. Uh, we answer your deepest, darkest questions about the world um, with uh, truths that we know to be self evident because we made them up. So that's that's the uh, basic long line. Which which reminds me, I still need to come on your show. <laughs> yes. Well, we have not recorded in a while. Okay. okay. <laughs> We're planning right. on getting started here uh, before, hopefully, before this is released. Excellent. Okay. Available. Yeah. Um, this, uh, my other podcast list, this is kind of on hiatus right now. Uh, indefinite hiatus. It's just one of those things, you know, life's tough right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so check out conspiracy theater. Uh, even though you're not recording, you know, currently you do have tons of content for people to dive into and, and check out. We're going to get back on the wagon here soon. Excellent. But if you don't like me, then I guess don't listen to the episode I'm going to be on because <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping to be on one of your episodes. If you yeah, it's like a little. Guys, I feel like it's that. a little less uh, pit against each other <laughs> than I'm, this show tends to be. I'm, so I'm really bad at promoting shows. A... <laughs> I'm like, I'm like don't be... listen to this show. <laughs> but no, no, we good. don't want you. Go check it out. Uh, you're you're on Facebook, I'm assuming, so you can give them a like over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, thank you guys for being on the show. I do want to plug uh, uh, Mr. Metatron. I always forget to do that on the show, and I feel really really bad because he does put time and effort into the uh, the intros and stuff. So check him out on uh, on Instagram. Uh, his personal is Weight of the World. You can find his voice uh, account on. Uh, wade hunt voice and he does a lot of uh 
wrestling announcing, which is really rad. He's he's based out of Chicago, so he does a lot of announcing for like Chicago wrestling, and uh, he does announcing for Nashville wrestling as well. Um, although I'm sure all of that yeah. is kind of uh, suspended at the moment. Uh, I would have to guess with the whole coronavirus thing going on. But what? What? Yeah, no, that's a thing. The, I'm sorry, the what? Oh. What is coronavirus it's some kind the of beer yeah it's some kind of something you get from drinking the beer i don't know <laughs> listen to the conspiracy theory theater yep. episode on I'm it to, yeah, i'm about to get sued by corona um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so he's also uh starting to get into voice acting too which is pretty rad so check that out uh again definitely follow him wade hunt yeah thank you for for your wonderful announcing uh and thank you three for joining me again And that will do it for this episode of Character Fight Night. We will see you next month. Have a good one. Bye. Avatar. 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 Except for certain fights. Except for the one that you agree with. Join us next time for a brand new episode. And don't forget, hashtag follow the fight on all social media. This is your favorite ring announcer, Mr. Metatron, Wade Hunt, signing off.